morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And our show is all about exploring all the range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that get us talking, get us thinking, get us sharing. Uh, And at this time of year, thinking about getting out the vote. Uh, I love our audience. You all are passionate and strong and and good people. Uh, But sometimes you don't get out the vote in the midterms. So I want you to be very motivated in this uh, season for voting. Uh, This is a time where it counts so much to have our vote be heard. And I have wonderful, uh, wonderful people that are running for state office, uh, for congressional and for Senate, uh, that are, are going to share some tremendous ideas today. And you know, the show is all about ideas that matter. And this is a country that was built on an idea, an idea that all people are created equal, and that we, the governed, get to choose who to govern us. And you have a responsibility in this. And I want you to be responsible not only for your own vote, but I'm going to ask a little bit more. Uh, These folks running for their office uh, may not be in your district, but my guess is, is that you do know someone in that district that you can tell them about. So to introduce uh, our terrific folks, and I also want to be able to share that this show was paid for by Congressional District 6 DFL, and a big thank you to Congressional District 6 DFL for sponsoring this show. So the folks I want to introduce you to, uh, I'm going to first introduce you to Dr. Dan Kessler. He is running for Senate, Minnesota Senate, District 48. Welcome, Dan. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. And next we have Lucy Ream, and she is running for District 48B, and she's running for the the Minnesota House. And yes. welcome. Welcome, Lucy. We're glad you're here. And I also have Betsy O'Berry. Betsy O'Berry is also running for the Minnesota House. She's running for the State Representative 31A. Thank you, Lori, and thanks to the wonderful AM950 listeners. Oh, aren't you sweet? Yes, we've got a great supportive group that um, are good people. And, and I, I've never met anyone in our audience that I haven't just adored. They're good people. They're fun. They come up and they introduce themselves and they care passionately about um, the progressive voice of Minnesota. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to start uh, with our friend Dan, and then I'm going to go around with Dan, Betsy, and Lucy. I'd love to hear some great uh, stories about door knocking, uh, a little bit about yourself. And I I also want to end the segment, and I want you to be thinking about democracy. Democracy is so important, and it is in danger. And it's something that we all can do something about. I think we feel divided. I think we feel tired. And I think a lot of people feel depressed. And we want government to work. And we want to have problem solvers. And I know when you're out there, you have people asking you questions um, and want you to help solve those problems. So I want you to be thinking about that as you share that with us. We're going to start with Dr. Dan Kessler, who is running for District 48, and he's running for Minnesota Senate. And tell us uh, the communities that you serve or will serve. (laughs) I I plan to serve the communities of Chaska, Chanhassen, Victoria, Waconia, Cologne, Glencoe, and Mayer. So tell us a little bit about your your um, 
You're door knocking. And have you been hearing about democracy at the door? I have been hearing about democracy at the doors um, quite a bit. I, I think about this one one story. I was out door knocking with my 11-year-old, and uh, she was running the – she had my phone, and she was kind of keeping track of the data. And we get to a door, and I ask the woman I, – I always say, you know, I'm a psychologist. I, I want to listen first. And I ask her, you know, what, what are the important issues to you? And, and this woman who was about my age, I'm in my mid-50s, she said, what I, what I care – well, I want, I want small business – or I want small small government and lower taxes. And I give my daughter a little side eye because she's hovering over the strong Republican or lean Republican buttons trying to figure out which one to hit. And the um, woman said, what, what's important to you? And I, I said, you know, I, I said, honestly, what we're talking about now, and this is shortly after the Dobbs decision, I said, what we're talking a lot about is, is women's health care. And I said, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel that as a, as a husband or father, I have any right to tell my wife or daughters what to do with their bodies. And I, I feel like that any healthcare decisions they make should be theirs to make. And that woman like paused and she, she looked at me and she was like, I have two daughters in their 20s. And she used this word. She said, I am terrified for their safety. I am terrified mm. for what's happening. And um, she's like, I, I'm, I'm, and we, we talked a little longer, and she said, you know, I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about voting voting Democratic this year down the line mm-hmm. because that one issue scares me so much. And my daughter ticked the little strong mm-hmm. Dan button. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And it is something that a lot, a lot of women feel very strongly about, uh, having the right right to choose. Minnesota House Representative 48B, District 48B, Lucy Ream. Tell us about the communities that you serve. And you share this district, right, with uh, Dr. Dan. Yes, I do. So Dr. Dan and I are friends, and we um, share the same district. I will be serving, uh, knock on wood, I'll be serving the district of Chanhassen and the most eastern part of Chaska, about three-fourths of Chaska. Um, and I, like Dan, have been going to the doors a lot, um, getting a lot of great responses. I find it really interesting in my area. We've we've had Republicans running the show for so many years, um, and I've been going to the doors now, and I hear people say, I'm a Republican, but I voted for Hillary, and I voted for Joe Biden, and this year I'm voting Democrat all the way down the ticket. I hear that so much. And, and they, or, or they're libertarian. They say, you know, I like to split my vote. I like to go one way or the other. Um, you know, I have a nice balance, but this year I can't. I've studied the candidates, and I'm voting all Democrat. But I think it's really interesting in my area because people do identify as libertarian or independent or Republican, but they're voting Democrat this year. Isn't that interesting? Because is part of it that they don't want a divided government and they want things to get done? Or, or what, what are you feeling that the reason that they're so passionate about the good ideas that the Democrats bring. Right. I think I think people want to vote for a candidate and issues. They don't want to vote for a party, per se. I think they want to look at the candidate, look at the issues, and then decide based on what they've read, what they know about the candidate. But this time, I think, you know, they're looking at the candidates and the issues, and they're realizing that, you know, for democracy to stay intact, we need to vote Democrat all the way down the ticket. Um, but I but I think these people will still retain that Republican identity, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, because they're voting. They've been voting for Democrats since Hillary ran. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, yeah, it's an interesting district because I think people want to be seen as voting for the candidate, but they're voting Democrat this year. 
And Betsy O'Berry, you are running uh, for State Representative 31A, and you've got Ramsey and Andover, is that right? Yes, I'm Betsy O'Berry. I'm running in 31A, which is an open seat, so there is no incumbent in my seat. It is the entire city of Ramsey and the western half of the city of Andover. And you had asked a little bit about door knocking uh, stories, and it's interesting. I've been talking to people, I'm a retired certified public accountant, and I tend to be very practical about finding solutions to problems that we're facing. And so two of the things that really concern me are student loan debt and medical debt that people get into. And I talk about the high cost of health care, and I cannot tell you how many times people have shared personal stories of what pharmaceuticals they're taking and what they cost and, you know, just how difficult those dis- that decision making is for so many of our residents. You know, we talked a little bit about divisive issues in politics, and yet I find that there are so many things we have in common, and in particular, some of these things that are really high costs. I started out my campaign talking about the American dream, which you know really boils down to the fact that if you work hard. You should be able to be successful, and you should be able to afford a good life. And um, people, for no fault of their own, are working hard, and yet they're finding that uh, the game is rigged. And you know, because of the high cost of health care and because of the high cost of higher education, they're not able to get ahead. And these are things that we need to be working on. You know, at the state level, there isn't a lot we can do about the cost of gas. But there is a lot we can do about the cost of higher education. We should be contributing more, especially to our state institutions. And by the way, my husband is a retired electrician. He went to trade school. I think that trade school, community college, any certifications, and our colleges and universities are all great options for our students. But I'd really like to make sure that when people work hard, they have an opportunity to get ahead and to live a good life. And that's really my focus. Well, in our show this morning, we're going to be talking about education. We're going to be talking about women's rights. We're going to be talking about health. We're going to talk about all sorts of good things. But we have just a little bit of time left. And what I'd like to do is go back to our friend Lucy. And why don't you tell us your top priorities? And we'll end with Dan telling about his top priorities. Sure. So for me, um, it, you know, it's hard to boil it down to three top mm-hmm. priorities, but I go to the doors and I talk about education, how we need to fund our schools. I think, you know, a well-educated electorate is the foundation of a democracy. Um, and we aren't funding our schools. Special ed needs to be funded. We don't have the number of counselors we should have. I think I've read Minnesota is second from the bottom in terms of the ratio of counselors to students. So, you know, we really need to get more counselors in our schools. Um, mental health is a huge concern of mine, um, not just the affordability, but also the accessibility. And then I talk about climate and the environment. We have a lot of people who live on Lakeshore property, and you know, they know how things have been changing, and you know, everyone wants to be in a state that protects its natural resources. So talk about that a bit, but I would say uh, democracy has dwarfed all these mm-hmm. issues. When I go to the doors, people talk about, you know, democracy being in peril. And abortion rights is one of those big issues too that, you know, is a health issue, but it's also a human rights issue. It's um, it's an economic issue. It, it, yeah. It, it ties into a lot. Intersects with a lot. And I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that some more. Also, Dan, I want to make sure that you have a chance to talk about your top three. No, I think we've, we've, we've kind of brushed on some of them already. Um, 
less my top three than the top three things I'm, I'm hearing about. I'm hearing about education. I'm hearing about women's reproductive rights and then the trampling on those rights. And then I'm hearing a lot about divisiveness. I'm hearing about how our state has this I keep saying $9 billion debt, but, uh, budget surplus, but probably it's going to be $10.5 billion or more. Um, and even when Democrats and Republicans came to an agreement on what to do about that, then they didn't act. You know, the Republican Senate chose to adjourn rather than vote an agreement they actually made. And it's that sort of divisiveness in politics that is frustrating the voters in my community. So while I didn't start out with that being my primary issue, because I hear about it so often and I'm gonna, that those are the folks I want to represent, that's going to have to be an issue that I'm going to be really pushing forward as their state senator. And I'm looking forward to our next segment where we'll dig into education. So stay with us. We'll be right back after just a few short announcements. Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're talking elections, and we're talking about uh, things that are important to us and things that are important to some very interesting people that are running for office. We're very excited to have uh, some great people here. We also need to let the folks know that this show was paid for by the Congressional District 6 DFL, and we thank them for their support. We have a state representative and two uh, congressional re representatives that are running for office. I'm going to start with Betsy O'Berry. She is running for state representative of the Minnesota House, 31A. And you have Ramsey and Andover, right? Correct. This is Betsy O'Berry. I'm running for 31A, which is an open seat, the city of Ramsey. So that's in Anoka County, not Ramsey County, and uh, half of the city of Andover. And we have Lucy Ream. She's also running for the Minnesota House, and she's in District 48B. Welcome. Yes, thank you. So I serve on the Chanhassen City Council in 48B, um, and it covers all of Chanhassen and a good portion of Chaska. And then we have Dr. Dan Kessler. You are in District 48, and you're running for Senate. I'm running for State Senate, Chaska, Chanhassen, Cologne, Mayor, Victoria, Waconia. And you did say mayor. I heard mm -hmm. that. Uh, what I'd love to have you do is each tell us your website. Because if folks want, are, are getting excited and learning about all the good things that, that you have to say, they might want to look you up as well. So let's start with you, Dan. Um, my website is Kessler for Senate. It's all spelled out. KesslerForSenate.com. But I also want to throw out, because uh, my, my wife will want me to say this. Our TikTok is Team Kessler 22 There you go. And Lucy. And my website's pretty easy. It's my name, Lucy Reem, L-U-C-Y-R-E-H-M.com. Terrific. And Betsy. And my website is BetsyO.org, B-E-T-S-Y, letter O, dot org. There you go. So I promised the audience that we were going to talk about education. And I know that each of you have this as being one of your top priorities. But you all have a different take on it, which I think is really interesting, that is good for all of us to hear what your perspective is on education. So I'm going to start with you, Lucy. Tell me, um, tell me about what is important to you about education. Sure. So uh, 48B is in Carver County. Carver County is one of the fastest growing districts in the state. And we have a lot of young families moving into the area, a lot of people who are real believers in education. I think I looked it up recently, and it said that 40% of the voters here in Chanhassen, Chaska area, they have a four-year degree, and I think another 20% have something beyond that, a PhD or, you know, master's. So it's a really important um, issue in our area. 
we've had school referendums trying to you know get passed and sometimes they haven't been passed because there's been some opposition by a vocal minority but I really believe that education is the foundation of a democracy and right now democracy is in peril so we need to make sure that we are educating our kids providing them the resources they need not only um, broadband not only um, great teachers who are well compensated but also um, mental health resources and counselors and make sure that we're funding special education which I think has been underfunded for years. Uh, I, my stepdaughter has special needs and went through uh, our special education program and it's important and uh, in, in supporting supporting all of those uh, folks that you mentioned uh, makes a difference in, in building a strong community. When you have an educated community, you have a strong community. My next uh, person that I want to ask is Betsy O'Berry. So, you know, the Minnesota State Constitution has a clause that part of the, one of the duties of the state of Minnesota is to educate every student. And it doesn't just say educate every student. It is to educate them so that they can participate in the economy and our democracy. And so, you know, when that was written into the Constitution back in the 1850s, that probably, an eighth grade education was probably a great education. And now we pay for K through 12, so people get a high school education. My concern is, first, I do believe that we need um, well-resourced schools for K through 12, and I agree with Lucy that we definitely need to have a higher ratio of counselors to students. But my biggest concern is that high school education is not enough, that in order to participate in our economy and to be, and our democracy, and to really be somebody who can achieve the American dream, you need more than just a high school education. And I'm very concerned about the cost of higher education. As I said in the last segment, um, I believe that all of our institutions, from trade schools to community colleges, certificate programs, um, our colleges and universities, all of those are great options for students, but I think it's really unfair to say to our kids, you need this education, you need more than K through 12, and somehow uh, a high school degree is magical, we stop paying for stuff after that, um, we, need to, we need to have the state participate more in funding higher education for our kids because you cannot really achieve the American dream without something more than high school. And by the way, I'm not a free college person. Um, I think uh, as an accountant, I think I've noticed that people value what they pay for. And so I think that people should have a little bit of skin in the game. The problem is they shouldn't be spending their entire careers and paying off student loans until they retire. I think that, that we as a state need to fund more higher education um, for our our. Uh, state schools. You know, if you want to go to a private school, that's a little bit different. But if you're going to the University of Minnesota, you're going to one of our trade schools, we should have, the state should be helping out with that more. And Dr. Ken Kessler. <laughs> Dan Kessler. Yeah, Dan, Dan Kessler, uh, Senate District 48. I moved to Chaska about 20 years ago. I was living at the time in a small town in Southern Virginia that had um, a really low-quality, underfunded public school system and uh, a reasonably good and well-funded private school. And I'm really a strong believer in our public schools. And one of the things that concerns me greatly right now is an effort that I see on the part of um, many in the Republican Party to create a voucher system that would effectively defund our public schools. It takes my tax dollars and the tax dollars of, of folks in my district 
and takes those, that money away from our public school and brings it over a private school. I lived in a, in, in a community that had a, a poor-funded public school and a well-funded private school. That is not what I think our state should be about. And and it, since I moved here for our, our schools, and I know that many people moved to the area where in Tucson District 48, because of our high-quality schools in Chaska, Chanhassen, and Waconia, I really want to make sure that we continue to, to fund our public schools and not take that money away. Education is the key to developing a strong community from my point of view as well. So thank you for each sharing your dedication uh, to building our schools, supporting our schools, making our schools affordable, making our schools have the counselors that they need and the support that they need, and making them uh, fair for all. So appreciate your time in, in giving us your insights with education. And in our next segment, we'll be coming back and we'll be talking about women's rights and healthcare issues. So stay with us uh, for an important and interesting and strong conversation on what our leaders could be bringing to the state and to the House uh, in the coming elections. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And we're also talking today about getting out the vote and listening to some really interesting leaders who are running for office. They're running for the Minnesota House, and they're also running for the Minnesota Senate. I have three very bright and very talented people joining me today. Uh, Betsy O'Berry is from the is running on the Minnesota House. She's a state representative 31A is who she is the position she's running for. Welcome, Betsy. This is Betsy O'Berry running for 31A, an open seat in Anoka County, the communities of Ramsey and half of Andover. To learn more, my website is BetsyO.org, B-E-T-S-Y, letter O, dot org. And we have another Minnesota House uh, runner. <laughs> She's running for the state representative for District 48B. We have Lucy Reem. Yep, Lucy Ream. I'm uh, a city councilor in Chanhassen, the district that I hopefully will be representing when I make it into the house. Uh, and 48B covers all of Chanhassen and a good portion of Chaska. My website is lucyream.com, L-U-C-Y-R-E-H-M.com. Please check it out. Uh, got more information there for people to see. And Dr. Dan Kessler, uh, you are running for the Senate in District 48. Yes, Senate District 48, Chaska, Chanhassen, Victoria, Waconia, Cologne, Mayor, and Glencoe. I also want to make sure that I mention that this show was paid for by Congressional District 6 DFL. We are greatly appreciative of their support. In this segment, we're going to be talking about education. No, we talked about education. <laughs> In the last segment, you heard us talk about education. I loved it so much, I continue to talk about it. Uh, this segment, we're talking about women's rights and uh, a subject that's also very near and dear and important to me. We'll have each of uh, the candidates be sharing about their views. Uh, we're going to start with Betsy O'Berry, who's running for State Representative 31A. Betsy, share with us your feelings about women's rights. You know, it's so interesting. One of the most common questions I get at the door is, what party are you? And then that segues into why. And I will tell you that I am a Democrat because I just uh, retired from a 39-year career as a certified public accountant. And from the first day of my career to the last, the Republican Party has never ever supported me making the same money as a man doing the same work. And I got to tell you, 
I was an accountant. There is nothing about accounting that men somehow do better than women. There's nothing genetic about accounting. It's understanding business and the language of business. And so um, I, uh, and it's what's really interesting is I think that for our listeners, most of you will say, well, that's kind of obvious. Women should make the same as men. You would be shocked at how many times Republicans give me pushback for that. I have been told, well, if women participated in the workforce as much as men, they would make as much as men. In other words, we shouldn't be having babies and leaving the workforce. I have been told, well, you know, that's just your company. You know, you can quit your job if your company isn't paying as much. Um, or I have just been told flat out, oh, that's not true. That's just not true. And, you know, and I point people to the Lilly Ledbetter pay, Equal Pay Act, which I think something like eight Republicans voted for and passed with 100% of Democrats. You know, we as a party support equal pay for women, but you know what else? We support fair pay for everyone. We value people and value people's work. The other party seems to think it's great to tell people everybody should work, you should go work, but then they don't want to pay you anything. And so I am a, a Democrat because of women's rights and equal pay is the primary thing. Well said. Uh, I remember one time when I was one of my early jobs, I was told I wasn't going to get paid as much because um, the gentleman that was also in my same position had a family. So he needed to get paid more. But this was in the 80s <laughs> and a difficult time. I am grateful for all the strong women who have uh, campaigned for women's rights. Lucy Ream, you also have strong feelings, and I admire all of them, uh, about women's reproductive rights. Right. So um, this is a subject that comes up at the doors quite often. Uh, people are coming out on their step and saying, you know, I wasn't really involved in politics. I didn't really want to get involved. But this election, um, with the overthrowing of Roe v. Wade, has made people want to do something, and, and, and they feel really compelled to, to do more than they've done in the past to protect their rights. Um, it, it, it feels like we're going backwards when we should be moving forwards. Um, and it feels like, you know, this is, quite honestly, it, it feels like women are being treated as second-class citizens if we don't have control over our bodies, if we don't have um, access to reproductive health care. You know, we're, we're not at the same level then as men in this country. So it's, it's quite scary. And I, I hear it a lot at the doors. Um, and right now in the House, I don't know if people know this, but we don't even have a pro-choice majority in the House right now. Um, so we need to make sure that Minnesota stays strong. I know the surrounding states um, probably aren't going to have abortion access. And so we need to make sure that Minnesota will be able to accommodate not only the people here who will need um, abortion care, but also people coming from other states. I so appreciate that. We, we do need to be uh, a region that, that supports an entire area. I mean, there are going to be women that, that need our help and need our support and need our respect. And it, and your leadership, not only for the areas that you represent in District 48B, um, really lead the way for all women in Minnesota and all women in the areas that surround us that need our support. So thank you. And I just want to add, too, it's girls, too. You know, we're hearing those stories about 10-year-old girls who have been raped and, you know, forced to carry a pregnancy. I mean, that's... Heartless. That's, yeah. Heartless. Dr. Dan Kessler, you have heard a lot at the door as well. 
I, I have heard a lot at the doors and, and, you know, when Lucy mentioned hearing mentioned talking about um, young girls as well, you know, I'm hearing this at the doors from women, certainly, um, and a lot of Republicans and moderates who are, who are absolutely fed up with this issue and the question that my wife asks me so often, you know, why is it that I don't have the same rights you have? Um, and there I am, you know, door knocking with my 11-year-old. Um, and it's, it's, it's women, but it's also dads of daughters. And when I talk to some of the, some of the dads of daughters, um, they, they share those same concerns about, about, their, about their kids. Uh, and this issue has been—we're it, 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 certainly talking about reproductive rights, but even the Equal Rights Amendment— there was a proposal to bring the Equal Rights Amendment back, put it on the Minnesota ballot, put it up for constitutional ERA. vote. For the ERA. <laughs> and, and in 2021, we couldn't get a majority of the House and Senate to say yes to this basic Equal Rights Amendment. 100 years after we got the vote, we're still I, struggling for I, the Equal Rights Amendment. It just shocks me. And, and quite frankly, I, my, if my recollection is correct, it was a party line vote. How is it that the the people could vote against equal rights in in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? I just I'm, it's baffling to me. It gets back to what we started off our show and looking at how divisive it feels and how challenging our democracy is right now. And I think this is one of the key issues to our democracy. What is the rights of women? We make up a little bit more than fifty percent, and we do not have the same rights to make up our decision for our health. We don't always get the same rights as well for what equal pay for equal jobs. Betsy, you, you also had some feelings about uh, the reproductive rights as well. Yeah, you know, the, um, the other side likes to make sure that we only think about a fetus. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they don't want you to think about women. And the truth is the women who are making abortion decisions could be your wife, your sister, your mother, your daughters, your coworkers, your neighbors, the lady down the street. These are real women who have real lives. And we need to have compassion for these women who are making these choices. And we have to allow them to make those choices. Abortion care is compassionate care for women who know the best of what their lives should look like and what they need to do for their lives. And what we found is that a lot of the women who are making these decisions already have children, and they know that they're making decisions that are the best for their families, for the children that they have. And I'll tell you, I also have a real concern. If abortion is made illegal, then about 20% of women, 20% uh, of pregnancies, sorry, end in miscarriage. And any woman who suffers a miscarriage is one malicious busybody away from being uh, threatened and accused of having had an abortion. And I, I and think that are, this is There horrible. are some states out there that would allow that busybody to actually go after you. And that, that's terrifying as well. Yeah, we're, we're, and we're seeing this in some of the recent you know, clinical research that this stuff comes uh, – as a psychologist, this stuff you know shows up in my inbox, and and we're seeing in states where they have outlawed abortion already, we're seeing increases deaths. We're seeing women who are being forced to um, remain in a hospital with a with a non viable fetus, or um, waiting for that fetus to 
stop having its heartbeat and before anything can be done. In one Texas study, these women who had completely non-viable fetus, their water had broken prior to 15 weeks, they were forced to stay in hospital for an average of nine days waiting for the doctor to then be able to perform the procedure that everyone knew was necessary from the moment they came in. And of those women, a third of them ended up in ICU. Many of them ended up with serious complications. And, and this is a real And instead real of issue. medical care, those doctors have to check with the lawyers yeah. and to they had know to wait. what to do. And they had to wait and watch. And women that had to suffer that way un- needlessly and risking not being able to be pregnant again. There was a couple of those women that I read about that not only had to stay there, had an infection, and now no longer have the chance to have a child. Yeah. That, to me, is beyond cruelty. Right. And I would say, too, um, you know, even if you're postmenopausal, there are certain medications that people are not able to access now because those medications were used um, in abortion. So, you know, we're, we're seeing a real uh, diminishing of our freedoms. I, my opponent, he talks about freedom and actually the GOP itself. They talk about freedom all the time, but freedom for whom? Right. You know, is it is it freedom for just a certain segment of our society, or you know? Because personally, I think if you're not free to make decisions about your own body, about your own health, if you have to have a politician make a decision that comes between you and your doctor, where's the freedom? I don't I don't see it. So I I really I really hope Minnesota stays strong. I do too, and I believe that each of you have the strength to keep. Uh, the mission going for us to be able to keep our rights and to um, to be a support to those that do not have the same rights uh, and make sure that our rights are taken away from us because it, it, you never know. Uh, there are things that can come up that can change the tide. And this has been something that's been law for so long. It's just shocking. I think I think some of us are still just amazed that this has even happened. Um, but perhaps it will give us an opportunity to make this into law. And go ahead. We talked about the importance of democracy, and this is an issue where it is so important that people get out and vote. They need to vote. We cannot let the other side win. We have to vote. You have to get your friends to vote. This issue is incredibly important. Midterms may seem like, oh, it's not a big deal. This one's a big deal. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. one is huge. So this is just as important or more so than probably any other vote that you've done. Um, We want to save our democracy and we want to have – we want our, our, our country to come together and get things done with smart solutions. I think each one of these candidates brings smart solutions that can help uh, create a strong Minnesota. We will be right back. Uh, it's been a fascinating and wonderful conversation, and we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Stay with us. Welcome back. To Connections Radio Show, I am your host, Lori Fitz, and we have been having a wonderful conversation with candidates who are running for our Minnesota House and Senate. Uh, good stuff. Uh, inspirational stuff. Uh, we're going to introduce everyone again and introduce the communities they serve. You may not live in these communities, but I'm guessing and I'm betting that you know someone in those communities and that you can share with them how important these voices are and how these voices could make a difference in both our House and Senate. So I'm going to start with Dr. Dan Kessler, who is uh, running for Senate in District 48. Hi there. Dan Kessler, 
Senate District 48. My website is Kessler for Senate, all spelled out, dot com. Uh, TikTok is Team Kessler 22. I look to represent Chaska, Chanhassen, Victoria, Cologne, Mayor, Waconia, and Glencoe. And Lucy Ream, who is running for the Minnesota House in District 48B. So you share that district with Dr. Dan. Yes, I do. I have half of that district. So I, um, 48B covers all of Chanhassen and about three-fourths of Chaska. If you want to join the Ream team, you can go to my website. It's at lucyream.com, L-U-C-Y-R-E-H-M.com. Terrific. And Betsy O'Berry, you are running for state representative in District 31A. Yes, I'm Betsy O'Berry running in the for the open seat in District 31A, which is the city of Ramsey in Anoka County and half of the city of Andover. To find out more about me, look at my website, BetsyO.org, B-E-T-S-Y, letter O, dot org. Thank you. And in this segment, we're going to talk about health. And so... Dr. Dan Kessler, I think it's appropriate for you to, to start us off in thinking about what's important for you in the, on health issues in Minnesota. You bet. And, and um, Betsy mentioned this at the top of the, at the, top of the time, time we are talking. Um, I, I, there's not – it doesn't seem a week goes by that someone doesn't say to me in my office, I got a prescription from the doc down the hall. I'm working at a primary care clinic. I got a prescription from the doc down the hall. I got insurance, but the prescription is $300, so I can't figure out how to cover that I'm going to – have to cheat my meds or not fill the prescription, or it's December and they tell me, you know, I won't be coming in in January because I've got a $5,000 deductible. And you know, if, if healthcare isn't affordable, it's not available. Right. And we have, to, we, we have the ability to make healthcare affordable for everyone, and we should. And it is much more expensive when folks go to the emergency room. Oh, yeah. And if we can really work it out so that good health can be with both prevention and early detection, mm-hmm. I believe that's the key. Lucy Ream, you share the district with Dr. Dan Kessler. Yes, I do. So, um, Chanhassen, Chaska area. So, in, in terms of healthcare, I think a lot about not only affordability but accessibility. You know, it, it's one thing to be able to afford treatment, but if you can't find a therapist, like, uh, you know, if you look around, sometimes therapists are booked up for months. So, if you have a child or a family member in crisis and you can't access a psychiatric bed or a therapist, I mean, it's just not accessible. Same would go, I have to say, about abortion care. You know, the wealthier amongst us will be able to find resources, but it's the people who don't have the resources, who don't have the money. The intersectionality of all these issues is so important. So I, I hope everyone stays in the fight. You know, I'm, I'm hoping Minnesota will stay strong, but we need to make sure that healthcare is affordable and accessible. Absolutely. And Betsy, tell us what you think. You know, um, I am a a retired tax accountant, and so I start off from the fact that I'm not an expert in this area. However, I think that our health care system is broken, and particularly in the way that we pay for it. And I'm very concerned. Um, You know, I have started off by talking about people telling me what drugs they're taking. And Dr. Kelly Moeller has um, introduced legislation for a pharmaceutical accountability board, and I think that we need to have that. We know that there is a lot of price gouging in the area of pharmaceuticals. You know, I have a lot of people who uh, talk about 
being Republicans and they want the free market. Well, you know, in pharmaceuticals, we don't have a free market. So we don't have price competition. We give people a patent. And I think that when we give that patent to our corporations that are um, selling these pharmaceuticals, that there's some responsibility that comes with that. And part of that responsibility is you can't sell that drug for 7,000 times what it costs to make it. And so um, I support Dr. Moeller's uh, legislation. And I think that uh, we really need to look at the costs of, of health care. And, and what's been fun is as I've door knocked, every time I find a nurse, somebody who works in the insurance industry, somebody who's a physician, somebody who's a dentist, we talk about what do you think the answers are? Because I, I don't think that the the answer to healthcare is one thing. I think there are a lot of things, and we need to keep learning that. And by the way, I'm just going to end up by saying, dental care is healthcare, and there is no reason why that shouldn't be covered the same way our healthcare is. And for our closing comments, I want each of you to share what's most important that you want to have uh, your your voters hear as we close out this hour. I, most important to me right now is that everyone gets out and votes. Gets it, make sure their friends get out and vote. We, you know, we have some districts, people might be listening, where it's very red or very blue. But our statewide candidates are so important to support when our, our democracy really is on the line. This is an incredibly important election. So the most important thing, to, let, let's all vote. And Lucy? I would agree with that. Um, I, I would say, you know, we haven't even tackled the subject of climate change and you know how we need to address that but which ties into health yes it does as in well many as ways. economy and lots of other things but and all these things are yeah. so intersectional yeah. right yeah um but you know I, i'm of the firm belief right now that we're, our democracy is in peril so um hopefully we can get people elected who will fight for these issues who will be champions and then we can you know take the hard steps take the bold steps that we need to take to mitigate the climate crisis um, but yeah, there's so much at stake right now. I, I highly encourage not only you to vote, um, but get your friends to vote. Um, voting is the minimum. That's what I keep saying. Voting is the minimum. Please come out and door knock. Please donate to your candidates. You know, we need people engaged. We need people out in the streets, really. But if you're not on the streets, then get out to the doors because we need people to door knock. Your voice is your vote. Yes. And make absolutely. your voice be heard. Betsy, share with us what's most important to you that you want your vo your voters to know. Well, we've talked about two of my most important issues, which are the high cost of higher education and the high cost of health care. But, you know, I started this out by telling you that I'm a retired certified public accountant. And as an accountant, I am very practical about solving problems. We have one of the jobs as a state representative is to make sure that your district is represented. And we have some significant water quality issues in the city of Ramsey with the manganese, and we need a water treatment plant. In the city of Andover, we have a carcinogen in some uh, some well water in the Red Oaks neighborhood called dioxane 1,4. And that neighborhood needs to be hooked up to city water so that those people have good, clean, safe water. Because quite frankly, if you don't have clean, safe water to drink, not much else really matters. And we have 50 families in Andover who've had delivered bottled water for the last year, mm. and they have been told not to clean with, drink, bathe, or even bathe in the water that they have from their wells. So um, my first job is gonna be to bring some money home and to take care of our residents. 
Well, thank you all. I also want to make sure that we thank uh, the Congressional District 6 DFL. This show is paid for by Congressional District 6 DFL. We appreciate their support. Thank you to each of you, your strength, your intelligence, your willingness to problem solve, your willingness to fight for democracy, which is at stake. And thank you for your vote. Vote, tell your friends to vote, and make sure that vote is made.